Show me the money, hasta la vista, I'm too old for this. This podcast has been brought to you by Nicolas Cage. Yeah, hi, I'm Nicolas Cage. I am the leading star of this film, Color Out of Space. It is basically brilliance. It is the sci-fi element that my fans have been waiting for. It will literally take your face off. (laughs) Get it? Face off? But seriously, though, this film to me was a national treasure. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's just... uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, uh, thank you for that introduction, Nicolas Cage. I honestly don't know what to say. Well, welcome back. We're here to talk about another film that's been released by Umbrella Entertainment. This time, though, it actually did get a theatrical release, and I managed to pick up a copy of it on Blu-ray because it's actually just come out this week. And the cinema release for this film, I was really disappointed in because I was really keen to see it, but it had a couple of uh, screenings where they were doing, like, Fright Nights, and then they sort of pursued a couple of screenings that same weekend, but then after that, the film really fizzled into thin air and it's pretty unreal considering who the director is and the writer and also you've got Nicolas Cage. I mean, straight away, if you've got a film with Nicolas Cage, there's plenty of star power to draw an audience in to a cinema. But for those who are not aware, Colour Out of Space was actually based on a very well-known short story written by H.B. Lovecraft. Now, i got to confess, online, on the podcast today... I was never aware of who H.P. Lovecraft was. Uh, Obviously, I did a bit of research prior to watching this film, but I'm amazed how many people around me, just general chit-chat, are familiar with this person's short stories and horror writing and a few other things, but I had no idea who this person is. So I wanted to reveal that because there are some people who could be like myself going to this film, not really knowing a great deal about it, and then others will be quite confident and sort of have this expectation of what should occur from this film. And the other really interesting factor of this particular film is its director. So Color Out of Space has actually been directed by Richard Stanley. Now, if you don't know who Richard Stanley is, he's a very well-known director for a couple of cult classic films, probably done in the early 90s. But his last film was actually done back in 1996 and he was actually fired from the director's chair during production and that film was actually The Island of Dr. Moreau which actually has Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer but he actually was fired from that project and he hasn't actually done any particular film directing until now. So something with this film has resonated with the director because basically he's come out of his cave and he's happily putting the camera back onto his shoulder once again. But enough trivia and chit chat, let's get into the film. For those that listen to the podcast regularly, you're going to know the drill, but for those that are listening for the very first time, I have a rule and I share it on every single podcast because I like to annoy each and every one. Basically, this podcast will not contain any major spoilers, but it will contain basic plot details and the gist of the plot. So if you don't want to know anything at all, now is the time to turn off your radio and listen to something else like Beastie Boys. Because the Beastie Boys are flippin' awesome. But Colour Out of Space follows the family known as the Gardner family. And uh, the Gardner family live on this quiet, isolated farm. It's quite evident from the start of the film that they used to have a big city life. And for whatever reason, they've decided to run away from that life and basically live on a farm that contains llamas. Yes, 
llamas. So apparently llamas are the future in this film. And so this particular family decide to have a llama farm and enjoy a nice little relaxing, quiet life at home with the family. But I won't go through every single character that's within this family, but I will say the basics are the fact that Nicolas Cage is playing the father of this particular household. And it's a family that consists of three children. Two of them are actually teenagers. You've got a male and a female character. And the male teenage character, you know, it's quite evident that he's, you know, basically a bit of a druggie. He enjoys smoking on the farm. And then you've got a female teenager who's basically, you know, basically conducting um, evil rituals on the property and at the start of the film we, we gain a basic understanding of this young girl's desires to basically wants to be away from her family and tries to conduct rituals that will basically one day give her some freedom and she does a few other things as well but right off the bat the thing that really fascinates me is that these parents don't seem to care that the kids are doing these things you know there's certain little nudges and comments about so-and-so smoking on the farm or whatever but they don't seem to really care as parents and that's the very first impression I get from this very film it was a little bit daunting to see but anyway I shouldn't be so judgmental but what actually goes up a gear in this film is when a meteorite actually lands on the farm in the middle of the night uh, obviously this meteorite just simply comes out of nowhere there's no warning or anything like that and because this is just a simple family living on their own, you know, they're really investigating at first on their own sort of grounds. It's not like they can just ring people and get them to come over and help. There's no neighbours, etc. But the main key for this particular plot and the driving force of this film is once this meteorite lands, there is so much mysteries and so many things that begin to happen with this family. And it is this particular pedal that goes to the floor where things begin to get really crazy and very intense and incredibly daunting as a horror film and it's funny because I think about that word how I just said then it was a horror film but you know it's actually not just a horror film it's actually so much more than that color out of space is filled with uncomfortable moments and horrific elements throughout the entire film um, there were so many moments in this film that I actually found pretty unsettling I gotta be really honest here and look I've seen plenty of films but if a movie can make me turn my head just a little bit, that's impressive because I rarely don't sort of tense up or get squeamish. But I can't deny it. There's some things in this film that really, really do make me feel a little crook while watching this film. And it's impressive that a film could actually make me feel this way. Because once this meteorite lands, we're basically watching a family fall into madness and basically fall into the world of horror. Uh, and there are so many things that occur that just make me speechless but it's not just the horror aspect i'm going to talk about on this podcast the visuals of this film are amazing there is a really clever and creative use of colors in this particular film i mean hence the title right color out of space but it's so subtle and sometimes you might notice little things in the background and you can sort of see the effects of what this meteorite is doing to this family, this household, to the gardens, etc. Some of it's very subtle and some of it's very, very obvious. And I thought it was actually very clever how the use of colours was embedded within this film. Colours including purple and magenta, very, very clever. And while I was watching the film, I mean, it came out on Blu-ray in Australia... I was so confident that this film would have been well-deserved to get a 4K release, given the quality of the image that I saw on Blu-ray. And the film's audio track, as far as the soundtrack's concerned, look also really wicked and fun. There's like this 80s-type synth music that really sneaks in and basically gives you a couple of 
you know, ooh and ah kind of effects. But when you've got this type of horror story and horror tale with horrific moments, the synth music and these sort of cosmic type colours, it really feels quite 80s in my opinion. And I really loved how this film, you know, you could almost think it could have been released back in the day on VHS. It has that sort of vibe and that sort of concept to it. Um, And it's a great little world that I was taken to for a period of time. So I'm speaking this film up with lots of praise so far, but I do have a couple of minor little issues with this particular film, which, you know, I sort of had to walk away from this film and really sleep on it as far as what it did to impact me, because this isn't a film that I could just talk about instantly. By the time the credits roll, you'll really have this sort of mindset where you're like, right, I just watched that. I need to be left alone for a little bit. And that's what I've done with this podcast. And I really wrestled with some of the things that I didn't like and the things that I I did enjoy. The thing that really sort of bothers me a little bit as an, as an audience member is because I don't know much about H.P. Lovecraft or because I don't know much about the original story this is based on, I feel like there are certain things in this film that I didn't quite understand. Or there are certain things, maybe like Easter eggs is probably the better term, little nods you know, to other books and other references that I really didn't quite understand. And this was the kind of film that, you know, once I had a good think about it, I actually did some research on the film. I did some research on H.P. Lovecraft. I did some research on the book. But what I was doing is I was looking for answers to the questions that I had. And that's kind of a disappointing factor for me. When I watch a film, I don't really want to be finished going, well, I've got so many questions. I'm a little bit stumped on certain aspects of the film. So for me, there were just so many things I wanted to know about that weren't actually shown in this film. And I have a theory that I think a lot of people are going to watch this film. And, you know, we could put 10 people questioned about what they think of this film. I'm pretty confident that there's going to be mixed opinions. Some people are really going to die for this film and love it and say it's the greatest horror film that ever lived. Some people are going to regret watching this film because it's so horrific and messed up and vice versa. For me, I enjoyed certain aspects, but there are certain aspects I just wished were fulfilled. And look, I don't know about you, but when you watch a movie, I don't really want to have to research anything. I kind of want all the answers to come off the screen. And for me, it, it didn't feel that way. It kind of needs another viewing from me to, you know, look for other details. And maybe next time I watch it again, I'll find answers that I was sort of questioning about on the first time round. And there are two films I'm going to reveal that are very similar to Colour Out of Space, but i got to clarify as to why. Firstly, the film, It Comes at Night, which was released back in 2017. Now, this was another film that when I watched it on the first viewing, I was very stumped, scratching my head going, did I like it or did I hate it? And I remember clearly that I actually watched that film again before I actually wrote and published my thoughts and reviews of that film. The other film that basically reminds me or sort of, you know, feels familiar is Hereditary. Now, Hereditary was a film that also has a lot of messed up and horrific moments, and I couldn't help but to think about the after effects when I watched that film as well, very similar to Colour Out of Space. Now, once again, that could be a different experience for the next person that watches the same film. This is just simply my experience that I decided to share with you on the podcast today. 
But that was my main gripe with this particular film. Other than that, there's a couple of minor details. I mean, I've already revealed it near the start of the podcast how, you know, the parents aren't really concerned with their kids given the fact that they're doing rituals and doing pot and things like that. So I sort of thought there were certain elements within the family that feel sort of skimmed over and sort of ignored. There's a couple of things I can't really reveal on the podcast, but there were other little issues that I had. As far as performances go, there's actually a lot of good acting in this film. I was really surprised by it. And of course, we're all talking about the man of the hour. We're talking about Nicolas Cage. And look, I don't know about you, but I see a movie post with Nicolas Cage and you either chuckle or you frown and go, I'm actually a little curious. Okay, he's very hit and miss. But this was a film where I sat there and I was like, I was really enjoying his performance. As a summary of this particular film, you know, colour out of space has left me truly speechless because there were many elements that I enjoyed, but there are also a lot of elements that I was seriously disturbed by, particularly when it comes to the horror nature of this film. But, you know, this is a horror film that really is still a work of art, particularly the way it's been shot, use of colours, the audio, the list sort of goes on. But I do think those that are familiar with the original content will be a little bit baffled with this film. I sort of have the opinion that if you know who H.P. Lovecraft is, if you're familiar with the original content, you're going to enjoy this film a lot more than anyone else. Because for me, I had questions. So overall, I'm going to give this particular film, uh, Colour Out of Space, I'm going to give this film 6.3 out of 10. And this film is actually now available on Blu-ray and DVD within Australia. It is also now available on your local streaming services as well. If you've seen this film, I really would love to hear from you because I, I just am so curious to hear what other people think of this film right now. I'm just so baffled by it. You've been listening to Peter Walkton and you've entered the Walkton Zone, brought to you by Walkton Entertainment. If you are listening to this podcast, I'd like to personally say thank you for listening. If you're listening to this podcast while you're driving, please drive safely. We'd like to keep you around as long as possible. This podcast has been brought to you by Walkton Entertainment, which is now available with its very own website at www.walktonentertainment.com. Walkton Entertainment is also available on Facebook, Instagram and Letterboxd. To be kept up to date with further podcasts, please hit that subscribe button. And until then, see you next time. So, uh, I'm a Nicolas Cage and, uh, you know, that podcaster said to give me 20 bucks for my gig here and, uh, I guess now he's like gone in 60 seconds, you know? I mean, does he know that I am Nicolas Cage? Does he know who he's messing with? I am one of the greatest actors. No one messes with Cage, ever. Goodbye. Uh, Mr. Cage, the, uh, exit's that way. I knew that. I knew that. Okay, fine. I'm going. Do you want an autograph? I'm just kidding. I'm going. Bye.